0: From their padded cell in Indianapolis, Indiana, this is The Spiel, Episode 18, Wrap It Up! Welcome to The Spiel. My name is Stephen Conway. And I'm David Coulson. And this is The Spiel. We're a podcast about games and the people who love them. We're here to show you how to have the the most fun with the widest variety of games out there. And this is kind of a special right. episode. We're not going to follow our normal format, so your your favorites, the Backshelf Spotlight and the list, and and Truckloads of Goober will be back in episode 19. But we thought with the uh, the holiday season fast approaching... That, I figure it's about time we show you how to give games that will let other people have fun. Yes. Well, you know. <laughs> get them uh, get them hooked on games just like just like we are and we hope you are too from from listening to us if for no other reason. <laughs> <laughs> um so we thought we'd go over kind of the format of what we're gonna do since it's a little different than our normal show before we just dive right in. Um we're gonna do um, a list of games based on prices. So we're going to do a four four picks based and on price prices. Um, and then Dave, you want to talk about just in general, maybe the kind of categories that we're going to yeah, cover?
1: I think we're going to start off with some age categories, and then progress into some types of games um, that we all know and love. So we don't want to, uh, and then I think each one of those categories will be broken up into the price points that you were talking about. Right.
0: So that should be a lot. By the yeah. time we're done, that'll be a lot of games. I think 52 games so. in total, so get your pen and paper out. <laughs> exactly. Of course, we'll have all the links in the show notes to all the games. If you're listening to the Enhanced Podcast, it's going to have pictures of each, each of the games, so you'll get to see what the games are as we're talking about them as well. Um, that's available through iTunes if you're looking for the, the Enhanced Podcast. Um, so we should be able to hook you up. Um, I guess the one thing about the prices right. that we do need to to mention Specifically is... Specifically, let everybody know exactly what price points we're going to make. Right. So we don't hammer you with them over and over throughout the podcast. So the, the four categories are going to be um, $10 and under, $25 and under, $40 and under, and then the best category of all. <laughs> Sky's the limit, baby. <laughs> for those who don't have budgetary concerns, we'll exactly. have a category for that as well. Um, the we, prices... Um, we should explain that um, by
1: 10 and under, we mean that the game that we're telling you about for 10 and under can be found for 10 and under, but you might find it for 6 or 7. You might actually find it for 12 or 13. We're not going to go into a lot of detail I'm telling you exactly where to hunt these games down, yeah. <laughs> where we found them, because that could
0: take forever. Yeah, you still have to do the shopping part. It, we're exactly. going to point you towards the games, and the, if it's in that price category, you definitely can find it for that price right. or less, because we found it there. Um, but you you got to do a little of the (laughs) legwork. We're
1: not going to do it all for you. (laughs) If something if something is like, oh, I have to have that. You absolutely can't find it for the price. Email us definitely, and we'll let you know where we found it. But I don't think you'll have any problem finding this
0: stuff. We just didn't want to bore you to death by going. And you can find this game at this place (laughs) and this game at this place for the whole next hour hour and a half. So. So I'm I'm ready to dive in. because yes, we is, got a bunch of games oh, to
1: cover. This is this is the truckload of games episode, not just <laughs> a truckload of goober. Or it's not a goober game. This is a goober episode. Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> let's let's go. Rabbit
0: So, uh, preschool is the first uh, age category we're going to cover here with our gift guide. Um, I'd say probably the most important category. Yeah, I absolutely. Got to start them young, baby. Yep. <laughs> they learn <laughs> to play games. I mean, I don't know about you, but I certainly did. I mean, my parents were really good about having us play games at a very early age, and I probably wouldn't be as into games. Now, if I hadn't had parents that, that did that. That's
1: a story we'll, I'll tell all of our listeners later about <laughs> my introduction to gaming. <laughs> oh, that's right. I remember. This is a good story. <laughs> um, so, go for it. Well, the, the first game on the preschool is 10 and under, and the game is Big Top. It's a card game um, designed by Reinhard Staup in 1996. It was published by Gamerite. It's for two to eight players, and it takes about 15 minutes to play. The thing I like about Big Top for preschoolers is I consider this game kind of an intro into logical thinking, on a very basic (laughs) level. um, Basically, there it's a card game. Like I said, there's two types of cards. One type of cards has um, each card has an animal of a particular color on it, and these are all since it's Big Top, they're all circus Circus -themed. themed animals. So you got you know juggling bears and tightrope walking pigs and <laughs> all kinds of goofy stuff. So the kids are going to love that. That's awesome. So like I said, one type of the card has a single animal, animal on it of a certain color. Those are all turned face up and laid out on the table, just kind of strewn about all over the table so you can see them all. Then there's a second type of card, which is in a face down deck. Every turn, you're going to turn one of this second type of card up. On this card is a picture of four animals. And each animal is one of four different colors. So your job is to figure out which of the, which animal is missing off of this card and which color is missing. And if you might say, Oh, there's no yellow animal and I don't see a bear. That means I have to find the yellow yellow bear. bear. (laughs) So now of all the cards laying face up, you race to be the first one to find the yellow bear. And it's obviously the first one or at the end of the game, whoever has the most cards.
0: Well, that's pretty and cool. And I think it's
1: a great logical
0: way of start, you know. Yeah, yeah. Way to force them into that, you know, logical way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the one item of note I'll bring up is it's not the game Big Top that we've covered on the Spiel. Absolutely not. In an earlier <laughs> episode, because Dave confused me with this pick. I was like, what? That that can't what be a preschool that? game the first time I looked at it. So this is a different game, and we'll obviously right. note that in the show and notes. And
1: um, this game was published by several different... Hmm, Companies, I believe Rio Grande has one called Barnyard Critters. Right, exact same game, but just Just Barnyard Critters instead of big top animals. (laughs) But I think this would be a great game to give to that three or four year old. Oh yeah, you know. And I, I think I remember reading somebody on the Geek that said this hurt their brain. I'm like, what the <laughs> hell are you talking about? <laughs> I don't think I'd admit that. In yeah, it, it, if that it, were true, <laughs> right? Exactly. Maybe you were blindfolded and had just drink it, You know, drank a fifth of tequila. It <laughs> and, might be tough. Yeah, then maybe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, okay. Well, number the second one on the list here is going to be our 25 and under pick. Um, Dancing Eggs uh, is my pick. <laughs> it's uh, it was designed by Roberto Fraga. Uh, it was published in 2003. Uh, Haba. Games, I think I'm saying that ah, right. So it's um,
1: Roberto, uh, Roberto Fracahaba.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, two to four players, uh, ten minutes to play. Really fast uh, game. This game just sounds wacky fun. Um, take, it's take, steal, or bounce eggs and then balance as many as, as you can on different body parts. Uh, the game comes in an actual egg carton. It has one wood egg and nine plastic eggs. And basically the whole game is kind of a balanced dexterity game. You draw little cards which tell you how you're going to acquire your your eggs, either stealing them or you bounce them and the first person to catch it has to take it. But then the card tells you where you have to balance it, like underneath your chin, on your elbow, <laughs> or whatever. And you go until all the eggs are done and then you have to hold on to as many as you can. And there's like you have to move around the table. While, while you're playing, you're, uh, while you're balancing all these <laughs> eggs, which I just think a little kid oh, would just—I yeah. mean, nothing like getting your dad, you know, with you know an egg on his head and under his chin, and then he, you know, wipes out and drops all the eggs. <laughs> so um, that I think that would be just a load of fun. And that does I, sound I'm fun. Adding that to my list. To, <laughs> that's <laughs> a bad thing about doing this game oh, list. Oh, I, I know. All of a our wish gonna... list just suddenly went <laughs> out <at> the roof. <laughs> um, so that's that's the twenty-five and under pick. Cool. So that takes us up to the 40 and under. Chicken Cha 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 came
1: out in nineteen ninety eight, published by Rio Grande and uh also Kloss or no, it was actually Klaus Zach, yeah. who was the designer. He mm-hmm. has his kind of his own yeah. game company over in Germany. Um this is for two to four players, about twenty minutes. I love this game because there's big wooden chickens and you get to shove tail feathers in their butts. <laughs> but don't tell your kids that um <laughs> The option of this game is it's kind of a memory game, but I consider it kind of like a beginner memory game. That's why I like it in this category. It's not nearly like the vampire memory game we played a oh couple man, yeah. months back. Um, basically, there's a, there's 12 large octagonal tiles that are placed face down in the center of the table. And then there's 24 like egg-shaped tiles that are placed in a big ring. And what you're going to do every turn, you're going to have this big wooden chicken. It's going to be on one of the tiles in the ring. the the circular ring, to move forward, you have to draw a tile that matches the color of the tile that you want to step to Mm. in the ring. So as time goes off, your first turn, you're not gonna have a clue, it's just gonna be pot luck. But as time goes on, you're gonna have to start memorizing where the blue and the red and the yellow octagonal tiles were, so you can be able to move yourself around the board. And as long as you can continue to move, your your turn goes on. So if there's a space you're trying to go to is red, and you can remember where the red tile is in the center of the board. Draw it and show everybody it's red. Then you can go to the next space. You put it down, face down, draw the next one. Ooh, I can go again. Put it down. Ooh, I can go again. And you can keep going as long as you can. Whenever you run into one of your fellow players' chickens, you get to steal all their ta- tail feathers and shove them <laughs> in great. your lump.
0: That's awesome. You know,
1: and there are these little wooden... Uh, uh, yeah, how would you pictures- would describe those wooden... Like a a small dowel rod yeah. with like an egg on the end of it yeah. or something, and I think each chicken <laughs> really has like three painted. or four holes where you can you know place these tail feathers. <laughs> and I just think it's great, and the the chickens with the tail feathers
0: in them look awesome. The kids would yeah. just have a field day with the components. Let Extremely alone the colorful game. game. Yeah, it's one of those games that the game pieces are almost like toys. Absolutely, you know, yeah. You know, right. The kid could even just play with the game pieces yeah. if they got bored with the game, and that that certainly. There's plenty of room for the in the world for right. games like and that too. They'd probably do much better at this game than I would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dave's memory is uh, not the best. Exactly. <laughs> cool. So that takes us to our first. <laughs> sky's the limit. Yeah, baby. Gulo gulo is the the sky's the limit. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> it means uh, gulo is the word for I think Wolverine in uh, German. Uh, Wolfgang Kramer and uh, Jürgen Grunau are the designers. Rio Grande is the publisher. It was released in 2003. Two to four players, about 20 minutes to play the game. Um, This game, you're trying to save baby wolverines from the evil swamp vulture by stealing (laughs) eggs from the the swamp vulture's nest without tripping the alarm. (laughs) Woo! Yeah, baby! So who said a preschooler game can't be high concept? So, this game, you have a little nest, which is like a bowl of colorful wooden eggs with like a little, not a dipper, but a little pole uh-huh. that kind of sticks into it. They're little hexagonal tiles that have your little gulos, your little baby wolverines on them, and you have to try to remove eggs from this nest with, I think they're kind of like little tweezers, or with your hands. I think you have the choice of doing either one, oh, okay. so if you're a little kid, you can use your hands, and if you're an adult, you can use the tweezers, <laughs> but... um you have to try to remove eggs without moving the, the little stick right. that's in there. And if you can do that, then you're able to to progress and try to save your, your gulos. But it's, I mean, the eggs are all different shapes and sizes, and it has kind of that Jenga aspect to it of, you know, you have to have a really steady hand to try to <laughs> uh, get the things out. Um, but it, it really colorful, high-concept. Uh, but very easy to learn. Again, kind of a dexterity-based game, cool. but that sort of evens the playing field, I think, right. in terms of allowing all different ages to play. So, I would definitely check out uh, Gulo Gulo. This if you got long. the money, definitely, uh, definitely put that one on the list. Uh, elementary school is the next uh, category, age category we're doing for uh, gifts. Um, ten and Under is the first one, and my uh, pick here is Pirates of the Spanish Main. Uh, it came out in 2004. James Ernest and Mike Selinker are the designers. I didn't even... I think I either if I knew, I'd forgotten that James Ernest was one of the designers on this one of oh. cheap-ass game fame. I right, just, I, that totally went by me, I guess, or I forgot. Um, WizKids is the publisher. Two to ten players, about 30 minutes. Um really cool concept for a game you have many naval battles from sort of the age of sail you know pirate kind of era um, with cool little plastic ships that you build yourself there are over 230 different kinds of ships in the basic set and they're probably way oh, that- more than that in all the subsequent expansions you get crew cards you get islands there are sea monsters what I, when I say build the ship, I literally mean you make the ship. You get these little plastic... Like, sort of like cards. They're kind of like credit cards, yeah. basically, that have been laser die cut, laser cut, that have all the pieces for the ships that you kind of punch out, but they're meant to be pushed back in... For storage, so you can actually like just put your little ships in your back pocket and take them to school. You know, I can imagine a a third grader, you know, playing <laughs> on his recess break with all his his friends. But you make the ships and you just play on a tabletop. There are rules. You you roll dice for movement and to resolve combat, and it's just a really light but fun. It would be a great introductory war game, but yet it's light enough that it has that kind of collectible hobby right. kind of aspect that it certainly. There's kind of the fad of the day, whether it's, you know, if you go back to Pogs or Pokemon (laughs) or Yu-Gi-Oh! or whatever, it kind of has that thing going for it, too. Um, Cheap, which is awesome, and actually a really good game. So I I would check out um, Pirates of the Spanish Main um, for $10 and under. So for $25 and under, um, the next uh, choice is China Moon. Um, it was published in 2003, Bruno Faiduti is the uh, designer, Eurogames, the publisher, three to five players, about 30 minutes for the game. Um, you're basically playing leapfrog on this game with these little cute little plastic frogs, really colorful board. You, you leap your frogs around a branching board to collect sets of flowers, but the, the really cool aspect is it's one of these games where you have to help your opponent. In order to help yourself, you're always going to be at a point where you end up having to move your other opponent's frogs in order to set up the board so that you're able to to move your frogs forward. Um, it's light, but it definitely has. It's not just your typical roll and move kind of game. It's got a really cool, interesting mechanic to it that would allow adults to play it without just being bored out right. of their minds. Um, and I, the art's really cool on it, and it, it plays really fast, so you could play, you know, if you only you play had several, a little bit of time, right, you could play one, one game, game or, or you could play best two out of three. Um, so I would check out China Moon for under 25. Yeah, I remember that
1: being a pretty neat little game. Mm-hmm. So
0: we're moving on to
1: the 40 and under. Uh, my pick for this is Ket, a.k.a. Deflection, <laughs> for anybody who's familiar with it. they um, The game first came out as Deflection, and then I think they ran into some legal problems. And yeah. then just recently had to rename it Ket. Um, but basically, this is an Egyptian-themed chess-like game that has lasers, <laughs> which is really cool, especially for this age level. Yeah, I mean, how could that not be cool? Yeah, exactly. Egypt, chess, and lasers like like all, all in the same whole, game. <laughs> there's a whole. Basically, each each person has their set of pieces, which include pharaohs, obelisks, pyramids, and some of these pieces have mirrors on them. And as you, as you go throughout the game, moving your pieces, which is rotating them and or, you know, moving them a space, at the end of your turn, you get to hit, you get to fire your laser. And hopefully with any luck, you've set up your pieces so that you'll be able to bounce that laser off of your mirrored pieces and into one of your opponent's pieces. Therein lies the object of the game, and that's attempting to eliminate your opponent's pharaoh piece. <laughs> which is, I have this game, Steven got this for me for Christmas. <laughs> and I'm not an elementary student, <laughs> and I enjoy it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but this is really, really cool for this age limit. I don't know any, um, yeah, boy of that age who wouldn't love <laughs> to move these and fire these lasers. It's yeah, just yeah. ultra cool. The the actual physical board is this plastic board like a 3D board mm-hmm. and the the game surface is sunk down inside and the outside of it is laden with these raised Egyptian hieroglyphs which is just really cool and they actually do have a little expansion for this they've oh, got I didn't know that. they've got um i think it's only a few bucks and they add a laser splitter one for <laughs> each side that's cool so that's that particular awesome. piece will bounce and keep sending it straight which is <laughs> how cool is that insanely cool so that's my pick for the forty and under. Okay, it's awesome. <laughs> what about "Sky's the Limit"? Sky's the limit. This you can't go wrong at this at uh. this age limit with HeroScape. <laughs> it is kind of a basic fantasy battle game. Comes with all types of tons of painted painted plastic miniatures. Um, it's a hex base. There's terrain for days. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Um, the rule book is really cool. It has a basic and a master version, so you can play it at several levels. Um, there's a battlefield scenario book that starts you off with like five scenarios. After that, you can create your own, or you can get online and get tons of them.
0: And it kind of scales up where you start kind of small right. and then get gargantuan exactly. as you go.
1: And I put this on the sky's the limit because literally if the sky is your limit, you don't have to stop by just purchasing the ba- the basic set. You need to get a basic set, at least one of the castles, a couple of the forests, a few of the lava sets, a couple of the snow sets. <laughs> that should put you around 200 bucks, and you haven't even bought any extra figs yet. Figures yeah, yet. Yeah, I mean, you would have a field day just <laughs> building this stuff. Oh yeah. On Christmas morning, you would be able to build yourself, you know, a little battlefield scenario that takes pretty much the
0: whole living room. Yeah, and again, I mean, you could use the pieces just to play with, to a- set up absolutely. really cool stuff and play with your, you know, army guys or yep. you know, figures or whatever. That would just be awesome to be able to build these cool, you know, diorama. Kind right. Of things. I think
1: that's one of the cool things that coolest
0: things that HeroScape has going for it mm-hmm. is just the the. <laughs> terrain is just awesome. Yeah, there's someone sitting at this table that might have how many of the basic sets? (laughs) I only have four basic sets. (laughs) I know people who are worse off than me. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Very true.
1: (laughs) But that's the sky's the limit. A couple hundred bucks. Dropping a
0: hat. Yep. Your kids are worth it. Come on. Oh, Yeah. (laughs)
1: Our next category is Teens. First game up on the list is Flux. It's a game that was published by Looney Labs. It was designed by Andrew and Kirsten Looney in (laughs) 1997. It's for two to six players, takes around five minutes. I love this game for this price point because I picture kids sitting around the cafeteria pulling out a deck of this and just playing this game and I've seen it so I I know it happens. Flux is a game that starts off with virtually no rules whatsoever. It's a card game where the rules are draw a card and play a card. What's awesome about this is as you continue to play the game, the cards themselves actually determine how the game is played. They add rules. They change... Um, how you play, like how you draw cards, how you play cards, and actually what the goal of the game is is changed just right. with the cards. So every single game is different. You can have a game that lasts three, literally three minutes, mm-hmm. and then turn around and have a game that lasts twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and it's just a, I think is going to be one of
0: those classic. Put it in your pocket and take it with you, kind of game. Yeah, lunchroom game. I mean, Big time, absolutely lunchroom game because you could play it if you just had a break between your classes or whatever. But you could also sit down and play a flux death match and play it for you know an hour right. or two and, and just keep track of how many people are winning or losing or or it's so informal that who cares who wins and right. loses because it's that kind of game. That's exactly the kind of game. And what I yeah. like about this is there are several thematic
1: versions of this out yeah same game but they've got like (laughs) stoner flux family flux eco flux flux redux and then they got some expansions like christian and jewish flux so i can just imagine stoner flux with a few christian (laughs) expansions (laughs) thrown in there
0: jewish christian stoner flux (laughs) (laughs) exactly
1: so very cool very cool uh so what about uh 25 dollars under well i think what i think is really cool for this price point is a game called Blockus. Mm. Been out for a couple years, won a lot of awards. Yeah, we've mentioned it a couple times. Awesome game, and I haven't known anybody that hasn't liked this. Let alone you know the teens. Just for some reason, I think it's because it seems Tetrisy. Yes, you know, and they're you know taken aback by that. You know, by it them. sort of attracts you to it just because right. of that aspect Exa- too. Exactly, it's got these really cool. The board is a square board, and each person gets a set of pieces. I can't remember exactly how many, but they're all different shapes and sizes of of cubes. You know, like, like together, Tetris. Like Tetris, exactly. And the pieces are like transparent plastic things. the The game, the object of the game, is so simple, it's it's painful. Yeah. <laughs> you lay one piece down. from From that point on, all of your pieces have to touch one of your other pieces by the corner. And you're trying to get rid of more pieces than your opponents can and at the end you're gonna score points for the pieces that you have left over and the lowest score wins
0: so I think it's destined to become a classic if it isn't already absolutely yeah i i couldn't couldn't agree more especially i mean I even brought this up with the video game like. Getting somebody from a video gamer to board right. games, you know that that would appeal to that age crowd too. Just for that very reason, it's very visual but simple to learn. Okay,
1: and I think if you're looking for Blockus and you see the um, Blockus Trigon, that's another option out there that is as good of a
0: game. Yeah, pick either one. It's just a slight variation on yeah, the game. Exactly. If you can find one or not the other, either one is basically the same. Yep, that's what I think. So that takes us to the $40. $40 and under. So I'm getting a little wacky here. So <laughs> $40 and under, uh, the pick is Primordial Soup, which is also, I think, is Ursup in, yeah, exactly. uh, in uh, yeah. German. Um, it was uh, published in 1997. Doris Mathaus and Fran- Frank Nestle of Doris and Frank Games. Uh, the Z-Man Games is the current publisher in America. Um, Three to four players, about 90 minutes, so this is a little meatier game than than the other two, but, you know, these are teenagers, so you got you got to have some games like that that you might want to sit down and play a, just a single game over the course of an evening. Um, Evolution is a rough game uh, in this one. Each player is trying to advance their little group of amoebas by gaining different genetic mutations that will add aid in their survival to the end of the game. Um, the components are really interesting. This is sort of, you're starting into the kind of high component, weird component aspect of board gaming by the time you're you're at that age, that you're not just, you're tired of Monopoly, and you want to play something that's a little different. All the amoebas are either, what, circles or square-based right. wooden pieces with little small dowel rods sticking up through them, and you put little sort of like beads, basically, yep. that are painted on the top of them to show the different mutations and things. They're little wooden cubes that you put on the board that are the food and the <laughs> the poop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Depending upon where you're at in the game. Um, I think it's a really good German-style game that isn't so complicated that you couldn't sit down and play with a group of friends right. that if you were really into it and wanted to introduce, so it, it kind of has that gateway aspect to it right. as well. Fun to look at. Still on the lighter side of of the Euro style games, and that that's my reasoning for for picking it, and and it's a game that kind of slips by people. So it's, right. it's I, I think what I remember about this game is the first game that I ever had to
1: use a hammer on to put together. <laughs> Very strange. So that takes us to our
0: last category, last price point of this category. Ah, sky's the limit, and uh I so wanted to put talisman <laughs> in the place of this, oh, yeah. but you know, that's even beyond the sky's the limit, right. that's like the galaxy's the limit if you have no budget since it's out of print, so in lieu of putting talisman... In this spot, I had to pick Runebound cool. and all of its expansions because if you're just going to shoot for the moon, you just go and lay out the cash for the whole darn Heck yeah. uh, thing. So it's basically a new classic talisman esque style fantasy adventure board game. Um, there's an amazing number of expansions, which means there's almost an infinite amount of replayability to it. You're going to have your different fantasy characters, there's different adventure decks now that. I mean, the plot of the story that you're gonna that's gonna unfold on the board can be literally different each time. The mix of characters is gonna be different. There's just so much replayability, and I know from being in high school and playing the crap out of Talisman right. at every available moment, just almost always having a game of Talisman going on. That to me, this fits that same niche. That once you kind of get the rules down, you could throw down with a, a bunch of your friends and just have a blast playing this game and it's gonna be different every single time you play. And it builds in a lot of future gifts from other relatives because they don't seem to be stopping making oh, no. its expansions anytime soon. So you could just say, Hey mom or dad, how about the newest little <laughs> pack of cards for Runebound which is only gonna run, you know, ten bucks or right. less, which you know that's that's pretty cool too. Yeah, that's a great pick. I think anybody would love to
1: wake up and <laughs> have that under the tree, baby. I would. I know that. <laughs> Rap. Rap.
0: So two-player games is the next category. Um, my uh, the pick for a ten and under is Brawl, uh, uh, which is a <laughs> cheap-ass classic uh, game. Nineteen ninety-nine. James Ernest is um, the designer. Two players, two minutes. <laughs> yeah, can't, can't beat that <laughs> for for under ten dollars. Um, you basically you have two fighters enter, one fighter leaves. You know, it's it's basically like a card game cage match. Cool. Is basically what it is. Fast-paced card duel, you each have a specialized uh, deck for each of your fighters um, that have the hit cards and the different sort of moves that you can put on them. Um, You can play kind of two different ways. If you want to play a strategic way, it's kind of turn-based, and you go, well, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to... Block you by doing this. That's kind of the more polite way of playing. <laughs> the more, you know, as the name implies, the more brawling way to play it is just a complete free for all where it's absolutely free form. Well, I hit you with this, and then this, and then this, and you have to be able to actually to- whip out the cards react to, to fast, react right. fast enough to actually stop them from getting their punches through to to hit you. So definitely on the lighter side of the two player. Not not any kind of not going to win any awards for high strategy, but. I there's, think it's it's a lot of fun and definitely... Uh, I think there's an awful lot of choice for that out there, too. Oh there's several decks. There are so, w- way a lot of decks. There are all so kinds of cool. specialized fighters, so that I think that mix-and-match kind of aspect to is it, very cool. um, makes it a, a, nice, would be a nice stocking stuffer kind of gift. Oh, heck yeah, that would <laughs> be perfect. <laughs> so what's next up on your... Let's see, so t- for 25 and under, I've got this really cool game that I really didn't know much about. This one kind of flew below my radar, Polarity is the, the name of this one um, 1986 is when it first came out um, Douglas Seaton uh, is the designer and uh, Temple Games or Ferti um, are the, the publishers um, 2 players about 20 minutes is kind of your classic abstract strategy right. game um, you play bicolored magnetic discs near a uh, foundation to avoid and you want to avoid flipping the colors or forming towers which will score points for your opponent The magnets in these things are just the coolest things. They're sort of like Othello style pieces. pieces. They kind of look like that at first, but there are really pretty high power magnets in them that when you get them close to either the foundation or to each other, they won't just like flip over so they lay flat on the table. They'll actually like sit at an angle on the table and. It's just the coolest. I've I looked at the pictures and went, "Oh, I, I want that right now." <laughs> it just looks really, really interesting. Um, from what I've read about it, the more the the less experienced you are, the more likely you are to have those sort of Whoa! where all the the pieces sort of gather up and end up in towers. And the more you understand how the magnets work, you can kind of wedge them around so that you end up with all these magnets all over the board. But I think for a two player, it's definitely going to be one that. People are not. Most people are not going to have seen, right. and definitely fits into that kind of abalone, uh, quarto, that style, gip, that style of of uh, two player game, and and for the price, right? Can, I can have can I've, I've had a
1: chance to play with this, and I just, it was cool. As hell. the first time I was able to stand a piece up, I'm like, whoa, that is <laughs> freaky
0: cool. <laughs> so now we get into the high rent district here, uh, forty cool. and forty and under, forty and under, backgammon. <laughs>
1: Good As choice. what
0: I consider one of the
1: best two-player games out there. Can't forget the classics. Exactly. Several thousand years old, still going strong. Um, by 40 and under, obviously, you can find this game in any price point you could possibly ever imagine. So we plop this in the 40 and under. You can find some fairly nice average sets mm-hmm. right in here, kind of the typical briefcase travel type of thing. Um, it's a great game. Each person has 15 pieces on the board. You're attempting to send move your pieces around the board and then finally remove them from the board before your opponent can do the same and i know we've talked about this in the back shelf spot like and we'll not right. go into great detail but this is a great game it's a great betting game you can play i don't think we've ever sat down and played this where we played a game no. <laughs> when we played that game when we play for to play it for like two or three hours and it's just it's it's a great game, and I can't imagine yeah. not not wanting or not having two player games, and having this be one of
0: them. Well, especially I mean, somebody might have a crappy little, you know, ten dollar set that's right. just the the fold out cardboard set. But you know, if they like the game, step it up for them, and you know, yeah. get a nice set that they can pull out, or you could even leave out on you know, like your coffee table or something, and so it's just there, ready to be played whenever yeah. somebody. I say has the forty dollars get moment. you a
1: good eighteen inch mm-hmm. um, set. which would agree. be you know not quite full size
0: yet, but that would be awesome. I would totally agree. So, moving moving up to the penthouse level, yep, to the, the high high rent district
1: here. <laughs> Sky's the limit for two players has to be the GIF series. Awesome. Came yeah. out in 1998, designed by Chris Berm, published by Rio Grande. Takes about a half hour,
0: Whoa. maybe.
1: <laughs> a half hour for the first move. Yeah. <laughs> but GIF is destined to become a classic. It is a two-player abstract strategy game. It is so simple to learn how to play this game. On each turn, you introduce a piece onto the board by putting on one of, like an outside piece and sliding it into the board. When you do this, you also push any pieces that extend that line along with it. If you ever create a chain of four pieces in a row, those pieces are removed, brought back to yourself, and then any of your opponent's pieces that extend that chain on either end are removed and captured. It is just so simple, but let me tell you, I'm going to tell you, it is not simple to play. Yeah. There, there are so many ways that those rows of four can sneak up on you that it's just insane. The reason why this is in The Sky's the Limit is obviously because of Gift being a series, not just a game. It's GIFT is the project GIFT. Yes. And with this, there are five other games. Tamsk, Zerts, DEVON, PUNKT, and Yinch. And there's also three project, like, little kits that kind of hook all these things up together. And they're just called Project 1, 2, and 3. And I won't go into a lot of detail, but the cool thing about this is you're able to play a game of Gipf. And then if you want to make a certain action in the game of Gipf, to do that, you're going to be forced to stop that game, go aside, and play one of these other games... To hopefully win the right to come back in your game of GIFT and make that move that you wanted to make, insanity but cool as hell. This will probably run you in the couple hundred dollar category too. But to invest oh, in the whole man. thing. But it's so worth it. Yeah, this this is one of the best two player
0: abstract strategy games things that you can buy. El- elegant but yet you know mind blowingly fun. From that, yes. oh I don't know what to do with <laughs> you know on my given turn. Definitely it is would be an awesome choice to, to really get somebody in that's into two player strategy games. Yep. Couldn't couldn't be a better choice, no. I think. <laughs> rap, rap, rap,
1: rap, rap, rap On to party games. Woohoo! Yeah, baby. So ten and under, my pick is Saboteur. An awesome little card game published by Z Man Games in two thousand four. It was designed by Friedrich Moyerson. It's for three to ten players takes about a half hour. This is a really cool little little game. It has the players taking on the role of dwarves. And <laughs> the cool thing is at the start of the game, you're all assigned whether you're an actual miner, <laughs> miner looking for the gold or whether you're a saboteur <laughs> attempting to ruin, you know, defoil everybody's plot to find the gold. And the cool thing is obviously very few low card games where you can play with ten people. Yeah, yeah. And this the other neat thing is the cards actually become a grid. They actually kind of become a board. Mm-hmm. You know, where you're laying out cards that create this connection of tunnels, where you're you're digging from a starting point through to one of three possible locations of the gold. And to me, this kind of this starts you off in that metagame thing that we were talking about several episodes ago, where you know that you're the saboteur, but how can you play as the saboteur (laughs) without letting anybody else know that you're the saboteur? And this game is just loads of fun. This would be one of those cool games that you could break out at a party where everybody assumed that you were just going to play trivia and something like that, and Mm -hmm. you're like, hey, we got ten people. And then you could break (laughs) it out and kind of crossover that That's way. It's sneaky. Yeah, it's it, totally a sneaky game. Exactly. It is a great little game. Highly recommended. And for this price
0: point, how I'll, can you I'll, go wrong? Oh, man, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so then uh, what's next on the 25 and under choices here?
1: This is another relatively new uh, party type game that I think is awesome. It's called Wits and Wagers. came out. It was uh, North Star Games. Pu- um, published it in 2005. The designer is Dominic Crappy pusha it, <laughs> uh, I just totally... I'm glad you had to pronounce I his crapped name. all over that one. That's, <laughs> um, it's for 3 to 21 players. Takes about 25 minutes. I love this game. Because it's quasi-trivia without... You don't need to know any trivia. All the answers in this game are numbers. Hmm. So you draw a card. It may say, how long is the Nile River? Everybody has this little card, a dry erase card. And everybody writes their answer how many miles they think the Nile River is. And then there's this big casino style, like, board laid out. It looks like a green felt with all kinds <laughs> of betting spots and everything. So when you're finished, everybody's finished writing their answers. The card, cards are collected and they're laid out on this board in the order, in the va- order of the value. You know, like, if I said the Nile is 10 miles, then mine would start. The next person would be 50 <laughs> all the way up to somebody who said 3,000. Now here's where the cool part goes. Now you actually get to bet money.
0: Uh, on which okay. of the
1: answers you think are right. <laughs> and the higher ones would pay better odds than the ones, than the guesses that are kind of in the middle. You know? And the low ones would pay better odds, similar to the high odds. So it's just really cool. You don't have to know anything. You just put your guess down, throw your card out in the middle. Now the fun begins. You're like, oh, Steven thinks it's 2,479 miles maybe he knows better than I know so I'm going to bet on Stephen's answer or maybe (laughs) Stephen's full of crap or just you know trying to throw us off it's just a really cool kind of betting style party you know
0: trivia style game that Anybody can play. That sounds awesome. I don't really. I've I've read lots of sort of favorable reviews of it, but I have no experience with this game whatsoever. Just other than you mentioning it and saying it's really cool. But and we don't. What's own that other? It. What's that game? Odds are. Odds are. We played that right. Sort. It sounds a little bit like this, but this sounds better because right. it sounds more streamlined. Right. There and it has you, more interesting mechanics. Right, exactly.
1: Than, Here it's just every answer is a number. Anybody can put a number down. There's no pressure cool. on you to know the answer. You know, the fun part comes when you see everybody's answers at once, and now you're trying to figure out, ooh, where do I bet on this?
0: And what a nice way to take, like, a trivia mechanic and do something different with it. Right. Instead of just sort yes. of, you know, going down the same road that everybody's gone down before right. with it to find a way to, to, to widget just a little bit and, and make it different. Hopefully these and cool. will,
1: hopefully these games will last through the holiday season, because this was, a, um, carry, it was um, distributed by Eagle, so I'm yeah. not sure how limited these are going to be. I yeah. think they're out there. If, but, it's, uh, it's one of those
0: things that if you... Get it. You might want to get it now,
1: because you yeah. might not have an opportunity, right. unfortunately, and to get this it This is later. worth having. I'm thinking about picking this guy up for Christmas to have something to do over at my house with yeah. a bunch of people who are not necessarily gamers. Well, I think know. you just convinced me that I need to get it, too. I, I so. think very cool.
0: <laughs> cool. Well, that takes us up to the next level. So, at the $40 level, 40 and under, we've got Wise and Otherwise. 1997, it was released. Uh, uncredited Designer, which I always hate. <laughs> game companies that do that, Wise and Otherwise Incorporated, is small. So it's small game company. Right. Obviously, I think they were kind of a one hit wonder. Yep. Um, unfortunately, uh, two and up because you can play with teams. I wouldn't really want to play this with. Two uh, yeah, I'd say at three. You need you need more. Uh, Forty five minutes um, to play a normal game. Um, it's really kind of. Flown under the radar, unfortunately, because it fits in so well with, you know, the scattergories kind of crowd, right. but it's so much Whoa. cooler. Or Balderdash, I guess, in part, of a better. This um, takes to the next level. Um, so you read the player, uh, like Balderdash, where you're reading a word, you're going to read the first part of an obscure old saying from around the world. Um, and then everybody else has to write what they think the finish of the phrase is going to be. Everybody throws their answers into the hat. The person who read, who read the card reads them out, including the correct one, and then everybody votes on which one they think is right. So if you can be really creative and come up with something that's whacked out, you might get more votes. The cool thing is that the, the old sayings oh. are so completely out there that there's no, there, you're almost guaranteed to not pick the right one, because Absolutely. they're so bizarre and weird that that, to me, you could just sit there for hours and read the cards and go, what? <laughs> what? Is yeah, that really like right? Chinese proverb, yeah. say,
1: man with big toe <laughs> um, <laughs> has three ears. Yeah. What?
0: And that's the right answer. And that's the, yeah, you're like, how <laughs> in the... But it, it's so classic. It totally encourages you to be creative, but yet, you know, it's a bluffing game so that, you, you know, even if you're not that creative, you can get... You know, you can get points by just you know guessing correctly. Great, awesome party game. Um, definitely for that price point, and one that a lot of people don't know about. Um, Great. So, how do we get "Sky's the Limit" in a party game? <laughs> well, I think it's pretty easy. Uh, all you have to do is reach down for your Bossac Noir. <laughs> We've covered this in in a fair amount of detail, uh-huh. and I think the truckloads of goober early on in the spiel. Um, it's a stacking. Type game with a cool bidding mechanic that kind of raises it to the next level. It makes it better than your average, you know, Jenga or something like that. They're wild and wacky pieces that just make it unbelievably challenging to try to get your stack to any kind of height or just to keep it from falling over. I mean, you've got eggs. <laughs> in, your, in your thing that just have like one little flat part that you have to try to stack, or a little spiral cut thing, like the little
1: dog turd piece. Yeah, the
0: little dog <laughs> turd piece is awesome. Um, they're they're black and red pieces. I'm not going to go into the mechanics. You can go cool. back and, and listen to the old uh, episode to, to hear a little bit more about Boss Sac Noir, but um, it's not a cheap game by any means. But it's beautiful. It has you get this giant bag of of wood pieces, and it would just be a hoot. If anybody likes that Jenga-style dexterity game, this would be an awesome one that you could just have setting out and at a party. Anybody who wants to play, you could teach them how to play in five minutes, and then you they're off on their own, and you can go back to being a host and doing whatever Bingo. you want. So um, definitely, it's, if you got the if you got the, the buckage,
1: yeah. look plus, it up. Plus, if it's sitting under the tree, that means you just have to say the name of the game several times during the <laughs> day. And how fun is that?
0: <laughs> Thank you for my Bozak! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So uh, the next category is uh, beer and pretzels games. Um, It's a slightly different category than party games, less formal games, sort of like party games, but don't need as many people to play. Um, So first pick for $10 and under is Bang, which is a a Mayfair game. It was published in 2002. Emilio Schiara is the publisher. I just like saying his name. (laughs) Uh, Four to seven players. It plays in about 30 minutes. Each player takes on a different role in a Wild West kind of town setting. Uh, either the sheriff, the deputy, the outlaw, or the renegade. Each role has its own victory conditions based on gunfight challenges. Um, the problem is that nobody knows what role each, other, each person has until the shooting is over. So when the dust <laughs> settles after you've challenged someone to the duel, you may be the sheriff and go... Holy crap! I just <laughs> shot my deputy, <laughs> which you know you really don't want to do if you're the sheriff. <laughs> um, really fun again has that meta game kind of aspect, the nice role playing aspect to it. Um, definitely a fast paced kind of game, um, and uh, totally fits pretty well in this category. Oh, it's
1: it's one of the ultimate bear and pretzels games <laughs> yeah. of late. <light>. It's
0: awesome. <laughs> Um, so that's the the first one. Um, cool. That takes us up to the twenty five and under. So for twenty five and under, uh, had to go with uh, one of the the B movie games, uh, Kung Fu Samurai on Giant Robot Island. That is just too awesome. Yeah, they they just have the most awesome names. Uh, Z Man Games, as I said, is the publisher. Stephen Tassy, the designer. Two thousand three is the publication date. Two to six players. Again, about thirty minutes. All these are going to be pretty quick. Um, Basically, like all the B-movie games, you're trying to create the best cheeseball B-movie by playing (laughs) hilarious characters, sets, and actions onto your movie before your opponents can roll the credits on their movie. So they're trying to mess up your movie while you're trying to make your movie and vice versa. Really fun. The, The cards are hilarious in and of themselves. You actually build the title of your movie. Each card has like random words at the top. That you shuffle through and just whip out at the beginning that's of the awesome. game to determine what the name of your movie is going to be, which <laughs> you know, just little add-on things like that show that they've gone kind of the extra mile to add flavor that actually kind of affects the game that isn't right. just flavor for flavor's sake. Which I always I, I appreciate. A I always a consider great deal. this game the whole game is just flavor. I mean, it's yeah, that's what it's there for, and it's <laughs> so well done. It's great and <laughs> totally beer and pretzels. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so moving moving up the ladder one rung here, going to forty dollars. What you got, Lexio? The Black Box Edition. <laughs> Lexio is a game that's based
1: on a very traditional Chinese game called, and I'm gonna obviously mispronounce this one. I think it's Xing Shang Yu, which is a classic game that has been cap- copycatted a lot. If you're familiar with Great Dan Moody, Gang of Four, You, the list goes on. Uh, Lexio Black Box Edition is very similar to all those Fisting games. At. What what moves it up into the forty dollar category is that instead of cards, this this game utilizes tiles, not unlike a very good quality Mahjong set. They're all black tiles with like etched in full color designs. They are awesome. They're beautiful. Yeah, they're beautiful. It's great. Um, the, the other cool thing about this, what I think sets this apart from other things like Gang of Four and stuff, is this has a scoring mechanism that is much closer to Mahjong than Gang of Four and Tichu and all those. So it's kind of like a blend of all those together. That's and really interesting. We haven't played this yet. We do have it, but this just looks really, really cool. Mm-hmm. If, if you know, if you're anybody who likes those, um, Xing Shang Yu style of games, I think you're going to eat this up. It's a yeah. Korean import which I I forgot to mention. Um unfortunately it's uncredited. It's just only it came out in 2005,
0: but uh really tough to get, but definitely definitely worth looking up and it might sound a little more complicated to be in this category, but believe me, it's not oh. I mean it's totally not. It's definitely once you get the hang of of the basic rules, this definitely is, it fits in this category yeah, very, very well. Yeah, it's very easy. Uh so what's the what's the creme de la creme <laughs> for the uh, beer and pretzels crowd well, this year? That has to be Nuclear War,
1: the entire collection. Nuclear War is a classic game. Basically, each player represents a major world power and is attempting to gain world domination through their use of propaganda and, of course, nuclear weapons. I mean, how can that not be an awesome beer and pretzels game? the reason why obviously this is in skies the limit is because if you really want really want to give somebody the gift of nuclear war you have to give them nuclear proliferation yeah. nuclear escalation i believe the nuclear war booster packs the uh, weapons, weapons of mass, mass destruction, destruction yes and the list goes on yeah. there's still a couple more but all these things combine um, combined together to make just a really fun zany Beer and pretzels game. There's a lot of house rules for this game that mm. I've read online and everything, but <laughs> this is one of the ultimate beer and pretzels game. It might be a little bit longer one, but you can customize this. I think you could easily make a half hour game out of this oh, just yeah. by limiting the population that people start off with. True, you know, but
0: and it's been around since 1965. Yeah, which is, I mean, that's Crazy. that that yeah. should show for its, you know, it stand it stood the test of time. Absolutely. I mean, what says beer and pretzels like a little nuclear? <laughs> nuclear. Devastation, exactly. (laughs) Happy holidays. I'm nuking your ass. (laughs) So our next category,
1: one of my favorite. Yes. Games for Game Virgins. (laughs) So the first game for Game Virgins is Rage. A classic, awesome card game based on a game that most of you might be familiar with called Oh Hell. Mm. It's a Trump style game, a trick-taking game, where the Trump can change right in the middle of every hand. You're you're basically at the beginning of the game. You're you're bidding on how many tricks you can you think you can take, but there's no way you can figure out how many tricks you can take. It is just insanity. You look at your cards. You go, oh hey, I've got you know all these high cards. I can win it. Second trick into the hand, somebody changed the Trump, or somebody gets rid of the Trump, <laughs> and the the Trump can even be changed right during the middle of a hand, so you lead a card, you think you have it, the
0: trump has changed, now somebody else has it, <laughs> and the person that takes it didn't necessarily want it. Rage is the perfect name for this game, because that's what you feel about yeah. halfway through each hand that goes on. <laughs> it's crazy. Unfortunately, Rage is uncredited. They don't give any yeah any
1: kudos to the designer. It's probably just been around so long. I think it dates back to 1983 on the... Like the official published yeah. versions, and everybody has a, has had a version of this. Amigo, yeah. Mattel. Mattel. The cool thing about this is it does play for up to ten people. I've played this with two or three, and I've played with up to ten, and it's just a really cool, simple yet insane trick-taking card game. Great choice. <laughs> um, how about twenty-five and under? What do you got? Moving up to this category, mm-hmm. we have Trans America. It was published by Winning Moves and Rio Grande Games. Um, the designer is Franz Bino de Long. Came out in 2001. Two to six players. I think about 20 minutes. This is probably one of the simplest railway games that I've ever played. But that is why this is one of the the ultimate crossover games that I've that I've played. I've played this with family members that have never before played hardly even a any, card game.
0: Any games? Yeah. And
1: they just took to this like crazy. It was awesome. Um, basically a a a round of this game is pretty simple. You're dealt five cards. Each card has a city on it. Then you have a board in front of you with all the cities. You're just being try, attempting to be the first player to connect all five of your cities with the little train lines. That's all there is to it. That's It's very simple, yet I still really have a good time playing this game. Oh, totally, yeah. Even as simple as it is. And like I said, beginners, I've broken this out in several different groups where people are like, oh, I don't know, and they were just, where can I buy this?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and it's a short trip from Transamerica to something like, like Ticket, Ticket to, to Ride, Ride Bingo. or uh, Iron Dragon those, or something some like more that, classic you know, more games, classic, right. 1830, something like that. So uh, that totally has that slippery slope quality that you get them hooked yeah, on one exactly. and then, well, what about Ticket to Ride now? And it's just like Transamerica, <laughs> yeah. only just a little bit Just to, Right. <laughs> It'd be easy to, to slip them down that slope. <laughs> So going from Trans America, we move up to the 40 and under. What do you got, Steven? I've got Elfin lawn. Uh, 1998. Um, it was published. Alan Moon is the designer. Uh, Rio Grande is the publisher. Two to six players plays in about an hour. Um, you're basically trying to get your little elf traveler to visit the most cities in this fantasy realm uh, by planning your route around this fantasy map board by using various different kinds of transportation tiles and cards. So you've got your, you know, it's all kind of fantasy themed, so, you know, you can ride the unicorn, or you can take the dragon, or the ogre cart, or the pig... Um, but it definitely has a nice screw-your-neighbor quality to it because the routes are predetermined, but the method of travel on each turn that you can take is not. And so there's a phase where you're going around deciding, well, you can only take dragons this way on this turn, and, of course, you may only have ogre carts, and you're like, I can't <laughs> go where I need to go. Really colorful. It's uh, it's not the first, but it's one of the um, first uh, Euro games that I think had kind of a wider draw and wider appeal and I began to see in a lot of different stores right. and I think that's one of the reasons is that it has that, that Virgin quality it that does. you could sit down and, and teach uh, someone who really isn't into games or or maybe likes you know has maybe played one and wants to know what else is out there. This would be a great one to give them because they could then teach all their other non-gamer friends how to play and and you know then the cycle and the circle exactly. gets expanded larger. So that would be my my suggestion for forty and under. And that's a great one, which leads us to ah, sky's, sky's the, the, the limit. limit. And this one definitely a classic, classic, uh, game, but yet totally fits in this category. Uh, Cosmic Encounter and all the expansions. Um, it's currently out of print, which is part of the reason it's on the, <laughs> the sky's limit. But it's still pretty widely available, either by eBay or you'll even find it in some retail stores because there's a version that's fairly recent that's still colors. kind of in the inventory right. chain. So it's not that hard to find. But if you were going to get the expansions and all the things, it's going to cost you a little bit of right. money to do that. 1977 Ooh. is when this game was first published. Bill Eberly Jack Kittredge and Peter Alotka are the designers. Mayfair and Avalon Hill are two of the the many publishers. I think there have been many others, but that's just... Avalon Hill Hasbro is the most recently published version. Um, Three to six players. It's about 90 minutes, so this is a little meatier than some of the other ones. Um, You're trying to spread your alien race into five different worlds on the board. Each race, though, has special rules-breaking abilities, that make it great for interaction, negotiation, and conflict. Um, It's a very influential game in terms of it gave rise, I think. It's not by itself, but has had a great impact on a lot of the other game designers. They point back to this one as saying, I played this and it suddenly made me think of how games could be different than I had thought about them before. So... That's just kind of an aside that doesn't necessarily right, merit right. it being on this list. But I, it, to me, it has all the classic elements that the games that have become more popular and more recent have. Um, but it's just as good. It's it's again sort of like Nuclear War right. has that it's stood the test of time. And it's, unf- it's I think it's kind of a shame that it's out of print. Yeah, it I, doesn't make sense to me that it's out yeah, of print because is it is such a classic. Always be in print. Um, but definitely, if you've got the budget and can find. It and all of its its expansions totally worth... It would be an awesome gift for anyone who's who's definitely (laughs) starting to get into games or wants to get into games. So we couldn't have an episode of The Spiel go by without uh, some goober. So the next category of games for gifts this year is goober games. Um, Of course, goober meaning games with either unique components or just a truckload of, of cool components. So uh, the first couple are probably going to be in the more cool component, not truckloads, right? since uh, they're in the lower price categories. But believe me, we got the, the upper ones covered, too. <laughs> so for $10, um, it's a really cool concept and a lot covers a lot of different games. It's part of the Ice House series of games. This one is the mo- one of the more recent ones. It's Ice House Treehouse. Uh-huh. Um, it was published this year Andrew Looney's the designer again Looney Labs the people who did Flux cool. Uh, two to four players plays in about 20 minutes um, basically in the game you're rolling a die to arrange 15 colored um, really beautiful little plastic pyramids into a tree configuration that matches a preset uh, configuration called the house so uh-huh. you set out these these particular ones and they're the house and your goal is to try to organize your pieces into the, the same oh, okay. uh, uh, configuration as the, the house. Um, the reason this is on the goober list is the little plastic pyramids are really, really interesting especially for the price. I think this game only runs like 5 or $6. and You get 15 of these little uh, pyramids that are all different colors. You can buy different expansions. You can play literally dozens of different games. Zendo oh there 's an ice house game yeah, have itself tons of little uh, there 's just teasers. tons of little rule sets that you can play that are all abstract kind of strategy games, and each one is really different than the, the next it 's not like just some little tweak right. it 's basically just using these components there 's different sizes of pyramids that come in some of the sets, so it would be a great sort of entree into this whole ice house realm for really cheap and the pieces for that price you're not going to find many more pieces that are that i think interesting or cool no for, i've always thought highly price. of those pieces i think they're very unique um so that's that would be a good stocking stuffer oh uh totally uh, nice little game because it just comes in a little plastic tube and you could slide that into like, somebody's stocking yeah i'd love to buy a handful of those it'd be great to give out <laughs> um so that's $10 and under. $25 and under. This is one of my my new <laughs> favorites that's that's probably going to... I think this might... Well, I can't really say because Francie might be listening, but <laughs> Uh-oh. she won't listen. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Sheer Panic is the next one on the list. 2005 uh, came out first. Gordon and Fraser Lamont are the designers. Mayfair Games is the publisher. Three to four players, 45 minutes to, for an average game. Um really cool uh, little manipulation game with these... You're manipulating a flock of these cool plastic... Uh, sheep figurines into different specific formations that you have on cards to try to score the most points within a kind of preset field board that's like a grid. You're trying to maneuver. It's kind of one of those like square slide puzzles where you're trying exactly. to make a face out of a thing, <laughs> but you're moving your sheep and there's a black sheep and there are rules for you know how that affects the thing. It's just awesome to look at. I mean, you could just leave it out and it just has a charm and appeal that um, totally makes it a goober game, as yeah. well as looks like a really cool game. Yeah, I think they could have used anything for the pieces with this. It was genius to make, <laughs> to make it cheap. Yep. <laughs> so now we move up into the, the high-ticket uh, goober items. Cool. So for $40 or under, El Grande Decennial.
1: This is a classic. originally came out in 1995, but the new Decennial Edition just came out six months ago. Um, designed by Wolf Gamer. Ugh, Wolf Gamer <laughs> I can't even say that. (laughs) Wolfgang Kramer, Kramer. thank you very much. (laughs) And Richard Ulrich. It was published by Rio Grande. Two to five players, about 90 minutes. This is the cream of the crop when it comes to European board games. The Decennial Edition makes it fit into Goober really nicely because there were, I think, four expansions to this game. So in this version, you get the base game, which is awesome. It comes with one really awesome piece of Goober, the Castillo which still is at the top of my list as far as Goober goes. Yeah, And then you also get all these extra components because now you have the Intrigue and the King expansion, the Grand Inquisitor expansion, the Colonies expansion, and the Grandissimo expansion. All this in one box. Tons of stuff and a couple really unique things in the Castillo and the Inquisitor or the King himself is just this (laughs) huge, giant pawn thing. You know, this is one of the... Those classic influence based games. In fact I, I still think it it's set the, the standard yeah, for agree. all influence games to come after. So this is awesome forty bucks. Definitely Goober and
0: an awesome game. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> So what's what's this has got to be? You know, if if this I was saying what the galaxy was the limit yeah. before now it's the universe is the limit. You know, on this one, so uh, I think this Uber was, has to be up there. This was the
1: easiest one to pick. I think <laughs> yeah. everybody has this on their list. Of man, I wish I could get this, but they just don't get it. Settlers, the tenth anniversary three D special edition. I know you've seen it out there. Everybody knows what Settlers of Catan is. It's a game that was designed by Klaus Tuber. It was published by Mayfair. It's for three to four players. Usually takes about 45 minutes. But this special edition version is over-the-top, amazing, crazy. All of the little hex pieces are these hand-painted 3D um resin stone pieces that are just Gorgeous. The whole set itself comes in a wooden treasure chest that has to measure a foot and a half. It's long by, you know, eight or nine or ten inches tall. It's a work of art,
0: basically, in and of itself. It
1: is awesome. It comes with everything you need for up to four players to play settlers and to play settlers with the Cities and Knights expansion. That's awesome. It is just amazing. I sky's the limit. Really, is the limit on this because mm-hmm. I think retail
0: is over four hundred dollars or something like that on this. But you're, I mean, this is a once in a lifetime. Right. Kind of, I mean, it's a game that's going to be a keepsake. That I mean, I can see being passed down to other generations. It's not gonna, you know, if you take good care of it. And, yeah. and it's just, it would be a joy to get out. You know, during the holidays oh. or special events or heck, I wouldn't even wait for a special event to get for this now, puppy out. If you buy this but, for somebody, I mean, they're gonna be kissing your booty for a yeah. long time. <laughs> I mean, just just looking at the, just the look and feel of the setup just adds oh. so much. I mean, it's the perfect example of, I mean, Settlers as a classic game didn't necessarily need the gooberization right. <laughs> to be any better, but it actually adds something to the game. Right. Sitting down and you ha- you actually have mountains on the mountains <laughs> tiles and the little fields on the fields tiles. I mean, it just makes it feel different than playing, you know, regular it, old cardboard it, Settlers. Oh,
1: heck yeah, it does. It's, if anybody gets gets this for Christmas... Let us know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we would like to know. Exactly. <laughs> so we can go, I wish I was you. <laughs> exactly.
1: So on to our next category, Strategy and War Games. And in the $10 and under category, which is tough to find, is a game called Feudal. It was published in 1967 by Avalon Hill, designed by Fred... Juschlitler? But... Mm. <laughs> Buechler, I think. Buechler, exactly. It's for two to six players. takes about 90 minutes. This game, the reason... You would think that it would be impossible to find and cost a fortune, but believe it or not, I have seen copies for as little as 5 bucks for this game out there. Which is crazy. Which is in, but... insane. And I think that this is what I would consider a classic war game, going all the way back to chess and Go. I think all those... I. I consider those war games, and I think all of what we categorize as war games today find their basis in these game, you know, in chess and Go and stuff like this. So, feudal. If if you're questioning me, it is a war game. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's it's really cool. It's got like a 3D little board, plastic board with all these little holes in them, and each player gets a set of men, and you've got. I don't know, you've got a whole bunch of cool little pieces like the king and the duke and sergeants and pikemen and archers. and Each one's differently each sculpted. Each one's different, sculpted, each one moves differently. And obviously what you're trying to do in the game is to capture your opponent's royalty, which is made up of the duke and the king. And I think another piece that I can't really remember right now. Mm, yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> um, but this is a great, great war game. What I think is really unique about this is that you can play this with teams. Two or three teams of
0: players, and it's just insanity. I remember playing feudal with a couple of my cousins on a long car trip out to Colorado <laughs> in the back seat. Of, oh, I never of thought about van. this being good in the car. Yeah, it's actually the... really good because of the pegs and right. things. and we were playing teams and just had it laid out on the the like the we had folded down one of the seats and played feudal. And oh, that's it's just great! Really fun on the terrain because you have like it's sort of like a chessboard, but yet there are little like hedges and things that you have to. Be exactly. forced to move around and just classic, definitely. And it it's great, great. Great choice. Um so moving up moving up to the twenty five dollar. Twenty five and under um is
1: Chinese chess or Zhangxi. Yeah.
0: Close like close like that. Yeah. Um
1: <laughs> awesome, awesome, classic war game. Uh, this is it plays something like chess, but it has a lot of unique qualities in it. Um what I think is the neatest is that your king piece has to stay within his little there's castle, palace, yeah. his palace on his side of the board, and then there's a river that dis- that divides the board and only certain of your opponent's pieces can jump over the river and come come over to your side of the board and the pieces, instead of bishops and pawns and knights, they're like chariots and horses and elephants and cannons Yeah, it's just really cool I think it's probably the predecessor to what we think of chess today yeah. um, and it's, it's just a great classic war game this is another one of those games that you can find at any price point. For yes. twenty-five dollars, you're going to get an average one, but you've got to start somewhere with this. And mm-hmm. once you play this, you may never go back to regular chess. Yeah, it is
0: awesome. <laughs> the by going to the twenty-five dollar two, you avoid if you go with the really cheap one. Sometimes they sell them with like paper, paper boards, which right. are Really not good. This should you get, you should you get like wooden pieces right. and a wooden board yep. for twenty-five dollars. You shouldn't settle for less than that for a. For a, a Chinese chess set, I really like the cannon too because you actually yeah. jump across the board, yeah. which that's. It's, I mean, you don't. You always want to do that in like regular chess. You're like, if I could just jump could over do, there and exactly. nail that
1: piece. I had a hard cool. time learning how to play this just simply because of
0: playing so much chess. It's like mm-hmm. <laughs> getting your brain to adjust yeah, to yeah. kind <laughs> of the same thing, but completely different but it's also one of those games that because of the way it works like chess when i i had the luck to go to like taiwan i could sit down and play this game with people even though i didn't speak any you know enough mandarin to right <laughs> to shake a stick at but we could sit down and play and definitely because it has that you know you know the basics of the game games kind of become the universal language i think that's kind exactly. of a cool cool aspect to it too um, which really has nothing to do with anything, but... <laughs> what's it's worth mentioning. So that was Chinese Chess, which moves us up to the $40 level. Um, so for $40, I've picked... We're kind of going more into the classic, what you think of as war game kind of mode here, with uh, a Game of Thrones. Uh, 2003, it was published. Christian Peterson is the designer. Fantasy Flight Games is the publisher. Three to five players, about three hours, and I could say from <laughs> experience, it definitely takes about that long, but these are war games, so that's exactly. that 's what you want if you're going to sit down and play this kind of game um, it 's based on the George R. R. Martin fantasy novels, um, which are quite good. Um, each player plays a different one of the great houses that 's vying for control of the iron throne, um, the alliances, battles, and ordering systems. Uh, I think this is what sets this aside from other games. The alliances, battles, and ordering system keep everybody involved in each phase of the turn um, in the game, which a lot of times in this style game, you have that problem of, you know, it's this massive, epic game with all these pieces and you're trying to take over the world, that, you know, it's your turn and you're waiting for five hours before it gets back around to you. This game has really done a nice job of making sure that that's kept to a minimum. I don't think they get rid of it completely, but that there's always the way the phases are are spaced out. There's stuff that you need to do on each phase of the game so you don't just sit back and go, okay, wake me when it's my turn again. And there's some really cool expansions to the game too. So if it's a game you really get into, um, Mm -hmm. I think that that you could definitely uh, invest more heavily in it by getting the expansions as well. So that would be my choice for the kind of... um, upper middle range, range of, of, of war games. So what do you have for the, the big ticket item? <laughs> so the big ticket item, this is one that, again, had totally, before I started doing research for this um, show, I didn't even know about this game. Um, it's called Antiquity. Um, 2004 it was published. Jeroen Duman and Joris Wiersinga are the, publisher, or the designers, apologize if i just butchered your names. <laughs> Splatter Spellen is the um the publisher, 2 to 4 players. They say 2 hours. To look at this game, i think they've uh, undersold <laughs> themselves by quite a bit. Um so it's set in Italy in the late middle ages. The one first cool thing about the game, you as a player, you choose your own victory conditions in this game. Ah. You can focus on either population growth, trade, conquest, or city building. Um, by choosing a patron saint for your particular area. Um, each strategy requires a totally different style of play and strategy. While your economy is constantly improving, and with more and more advanced cities bringing new options each turn, the land around your city is t- is slowly getting depleted of resources, forcing you to travel further and wider to find the resources and the raw materials you need to keep your, your basically, the home fires burning. Ah. Um, finally... Um, until there's no more left to farm, and that's when you know the conflict is going to occur, whether that's military or sort of diplomatic. Um, it definitely has a strategy-slash-war uh, thing going for it. It's not necessarily your prototypical, you build big armies and that's just knock big, right. heads, but I think it does fit in this category of strategy-slash-war game. Um, tons of old-school goober. By that I mean, um, you've got 280 different kinds of uh, 280 goods counters of different Ah, types, 64 inns, 16 cities, 88 wooden cubes that represent different things in the games, and 16 mega huge uh, map tiles. I've got pictures Ah, in the enhanced podcast. You'll see this game is huge when it's laid out. It ain't cheap though. I think the cheapest I've seen it is $100 even cool. for the set, but it's all inclusive. There are no expansions or anything that I know of for it, but it looks really cool. Um, I love the whole you get to pick your victory Yeah, That's condition. awesome. <laughs> I mean, total replayability. Um, wow. just I can't wait to start looking for some deals on this one for myself because I think yeah, that's that that really sounds, cool. That sounds very cool. <laughs> So, can't go for an episode of uh, the Spiel without our Euro game right. fix here. Got to have the Euro game fix. $10 and under. The pick is Verader, which was published in 1998. Marcel Andre Casasola Merkel is the designer. Ooh. Uh Spila is the publisher. I don't think there's an American um, publisher, but okay. it is available on FunAgain.com. Okay, com. cool. Um, three to four players. Plays in about an hour. Um, this is a board game design, d- disguised as a card game. Ah. Um, it's uh, you have different two different factions, the Rose faction and the Eagle faction, and they're vying for control of different districts. The players are trying to change the allegiance of a different district on their turn by playing power cards and selecting a different role um, on their given turn um, to try to uh, impact the influence, whether it's the Rose or the Eagle, over that district, including the Virater, uh role, which is the traitor which uh, allows wow. you to switch sides before any conflict begins. <laughs> um, I just can't believe that, that for under $10, you can get a game of this depth. This game, I think, runs $8. Um, wow. And it, the card art is really cool, has a nice Euro feel and depth to it. Um, there's even a sort of thematic sequel to it by the same designer, same sort of concept, Um, that I'll include in the show notes if, um, anybody's interested in knowing about that Mm -hmm. one, but for under $10 to get a Euro game of that depth is just really, (laughs) really cool. Um, next at the 25 and under level, we've got Boomtown, which, um, it's currently published by an American publisher, but is European in its heart and soul even though it has an American theme right. as well. Uh, 2000, it was first published. Bruno Fiduti uh, is the designer. Uh, Osmo Day Editions had the first publishing, and now it's published in America by Face to Face. Three to five players, 30-minute game. Um, you start as a gold digger and end as a tycoon. Hopefully, <laughs> um, you bid on mines. You can become the mayor or a tavern owner, and you're trying to end up with the most gold and influence to win. Has just a great balance of this really interesting bidding mechanic on uh, the the mines and, and mines. trying to get the mines to pay off the most, and then kind of a cool role playing, a little bit aspect with the different roles that you're gonna assume or try to try to get the mayor and the the crud what 's the other one the tavern owner um, that incorporate into the game I just i can 't recommend it. this one kind of really snuck up on me. I really didn 't yeah. expect it to be as good as it is, and I think there's probably some other people in that category too that go eh, that doesn 't really look like the kind of game I would like and this I game really highly very good it. really highly recommend it um, so let's see forty dollars going to the forty dollar you basically can 't consider yourself a euro gamer
1: <laughs> if you do not own this game. This game is Kalos, came out in 2005, designed by William Atia, and it was published by Rio Grande and Yastari. It's for two to five players, takes a couple hours to play. This is the epitome of a Euro-style game. This has won a myriad of awards, um, der- deservedly so. It's an awesome game. A little A storyline behind it is basically that you are... Attempting to collect resources to help build King Philip's Castle, and so you're developing a town that will allow you to collect those resources. So every every turn, it's kind of like this fight: Am I going to help develop the town, or am I going to actually collect resources, or I'm going to help build the castle? You can never do all three, but you have to do a, a, a part of all three of those on every turn, or there's no way. It, can, it is just. Awesome. It's gonna to have to have a whole a whole spiel episode to oh, itself. Uh,
0: yeah, definitely. But
1: this is, like I said, the epitome of a Euro game. Everybody should have this. If you know a Euro gamer that needs a gift. Do do I have to turn in my badge because I don't have it yet? Yes, absolutely. Oh, man. So if Steven is on anybody's list, <laughs> make sure he gets
0: Kalos, because this game rocks. So uh We've reached the top, the mountaintop here on the Euro side of things. Uh, what's your recommendation? And what sets at the top of that mountain is a little game called
1: Master Thieves. It's a game that was published by Rio Grande in 2004. The designer is Frank Zernatsky. It's for two to eight players, takes about an hour. The reason why this is uh, skies is the limit is the centerpiece for this game is a wooden jewelry box. It is A square box, three levels high, with drawers on all four sides, double sided drawers. So if you were to set this jewelry box upside down, it would look exactly the same as if it was setting right Right side up. up. And the whole premise of this game is you're, you're trying to sew fake jewels into this jewelry box at the same time where you're trying to pull out the real jewels. And you're playing parts. You get to take on roles. Um, I think some somebody gets to be a wife. Somebody gets to be a jeweler. Somebody's the detective. Somebody's the master thief. It is just... I had a demo of this at Gen Con, and it just blew me away. So cool. I can't believe that neither of us owns this. Yeah. But the whole role-playing aspect, and then just the component-wise, you know, this is the the epitome of a euro style game with this gorgeous centerpiece of a
0: jewelry box. Euro and Goober. You yeah. could have easily picked this instead of the Settlers oh, thing absolutely. as your top goober pick right and it would have been totally justifiable in right. that slot too. And I think. remember
1: I was I was going crazy when this first came out because Jay had said it was going to be very limited and I think it was so popular. I believe that um they have gone on and um done two and three print runs of this because I still see them out there.
0: Yeah. And yeah.
1: for anybody who's into this Um, It doesn't seem like it's a really hard game, just kind of a fairly simple take on the Mm role and do the thing and try and get these jewels, but it is creme de la creme of Goober, (laughs) even though this is in the Euro game. If the sky's the limit for you, get this game. (laughs) If
0: you want to see Dave Drool, just set that cabinet out in front of him, (laughs) Exactly, he goes crazy.
1: (laughs) Okay, so one of our fun (laughs) categories here towards the end is what we like to call... Whacked out games. (laughs) And so first up on the list at $10 and under is a little thing called Biting Off Heads. It's one of cheap-ass, very first board games. Came out in 1996. Designer, obviously, James Ernest. For two to eight players, takes about an hour. This game is insane. You've been... Basically, this is his little tagline that I have to read. (laughs) You've been dominating the earth for longer than you can remember. Of course, with the brain the size of a walnut, you've also been standing there for longer than you can remember. (laughs) So nothing really needs to be said about this game is that you're a dinosaur attempting to run to the other side of the island and jump into a volcano and kill yourself. And along the way, if you can bite off some of your friends' dinosaurs' heads, cool. (laughs) How whacked out is that? (laughs) James? Sign me up. You're on crack, baby. (laughs) And we love it. (laughs) Exactly. So, nothing more said about that. That's just crazy, zany. Seek it out. Buy it. So, second on the list, $25 and under, is a game called All Wound Up. It's a game that was published by Twilight Creations in 2004, designed by Kerry Breitenstein. Two to four players, an hour is about the play time <laughs> on this. This game... I can't imagine this taking an hour. This is insane. So, here's his little tagline. It's boring when you're dead. So you and your deceased friends have decided to have a little race around the graveyard. So everybody in the game has a pawn. What's different about this game? The pawns are these little wind-up zombie dolls. It's basically a card game at heart, but the card games are actions. And you have to bid. There's like, um, what do you want to call it, like a Charleston Ever at the beginning yeah. of everything, where you're kind of passing cards around and collecting cards, and when you do, then you're playing sets of cards to basically bid on the action that you're going to perform. These action, actions can be: uh, take your pawn and wind it up twice and aim it left, <laughs> <laughs> and you're you're basically attempting to get across the finish line and get out of the out of the graveyard. But the pieces actually. <laughs> You'll move, move themselves, and sometimes you have no idea where they're going to step or what they're going to run into.
0: That's so awesome. I didn't, I guess I didn't really realize it has kind of a robo-rally aspect right. to it of the move move thing, but they actually move themselves, Yeah, which it's is
1: really cool. This, only had a slight demo of this, we we don't
0: have this yeah. yet, but this is kind of like a must-have. We, we totally need this, yeah. This is yeah. hilarious. So what have you got up next in the 40 and under so category? So for 40 and under, I know, being the dice crazed nut that you are, uh this one just Whacked us out when we saw it online. We're like, "What is that?" So it's tumbling dice. Uh, it came out in 2004. Randy Nash, uh, Nash Games is the publisher. Uh, Thirty minutes, probably is just kind of free form based on the type of game it is. So this game is a dexterity based dice flick game of shuffleboard. Basically, <laughs> so you have this kind of wooden ramp that has different levels to it and different kind of scores. On each of the different kind of landing pads, and you have different colored dice that are yours that you're trying to flick down or roll down this shelf basically and try to get them to land on the primo spots. But of course, like shuffleboard or anything else, everybody else is trying to knock your ass off of the good spots. There are little pegs and things that are obstacles or that you can try to, you know, hide behind and, you know, skate it right in there. But just totally wacky little game. I've even seen pictures online of people who bought, like, multiple sets and uh-huh. set up these giant dice ramps of, like, six sets in a row with just, you know, massive wow. amounts of dice, which is totally oh, what you yeah. need for your dice collection, man. Oh. And that would be so awesome. We have to try this to this um I just think it's so wacky that, you know, If you got 40 bucks, it's totally, totally worth it. Cool. Um, And last but not least, the sky's the limit on the whacked out games is a game called Burp. (laughs) (laughs) So it was published in 1995. Reiner Crowen, Peter Gutbrod, and Harald Bills are the um, designers. Mayfair Games is the place you can get it here in the States. Uh, Two to four players, about an hour. So nothing says bizarro game like burp. <laughs> this game is half Jenga and half civilization.
1: What and I'm not. Hell?
0: I am not lying. Players have to build fishing stands on which they put their little cavemen. You build this fishing stand out of sticks and rocks. Literally. The game comes with a <laughs> bunch of sticks, sticks and a bunch of rocks and some blocks. Um, you try to improve your stand to allow your caveman to go out farther. You're kind of building like this bridge. Um, to compete for the two ultimate civilization cards in the game, which are the Garden Gnome and the Toothpick. <laughs> so the gameplay is a very strange mix of double-guessing, dexterity, and strategy, but most of all, it's a fun and delightful parody of the good old classic Civilization. So I can't even begin to tell you how weird this game is, so if you have any other uh, weirdos on your... Uh, Holiday gift lists like me, um, and you don't have a, an upper end on the budget, I would check out Burp. Wrap, 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 wrap so, before we leave our, our holiday gift guide, we had to do you know, the Germans have their Spiel der. R. Well, we <laughs> think we need our own Spiel de Steven and Spiel de Dave. We gotta Heck have yeah. our own lists here, you know people out there want to know what might be on our list for this year. So we'll start with me and then we'll do Dave and then we'll wrap up the episode. Cool. Um, Thanks for listening. Uh, It's awesome to have everybody on board through the first year of the spiel um hopefully you found something in these 50 plus games that floats your boat with <laughs> yeah. great gifts you you it's your problem if you didn't because these are all <laughs> really good games uh, we will stand behind all these choices as good choices for gifts so on with the spiel to steven for this year uh so for ten dollars and under i would want uh once upon a time dark tales um, it was published in 2004. Richard Lambert, Andrew Reelstone, James Wallace are the designers, Atlas Games is the publisher. Two to six players, about ten minutes. Um, Once Upon a Time is a storytelling-type game that has different kind of story elements in a fairy tale-type setting. The Dark Tales edges, eh, eh, adds an edgy expansion to this classic Storytelling style game. So you've got 56 new cards that had new endings and story elements. Really good, sort of an ungame kind of game. There's no real winner, but right. you sit down. Cool. It's a cool kind of social interaction experience. So that's my 10, 10 buck and under. Really cheap, but really nice add on to an already really cool game. Neat. Um, for $25, Byword would be my choice. Sid Saxon, face to face games. One to four players, about 45 minutes. It's a word game with a twist. The, the twist is that you have to buy your letter tiles and then you attempt to sell the words that you make sort of a la Scrabble to make a profit. So you're, it's ultimately a money game, but it's all about building sort of Scrabble style words. So you want kind of the Q's and the X's because they're worth a lot of points so that you can turn around, and sell them and, and, you know, make money off of the, the t- primo tile words. So I, I'm a big word geek. So that, that definitely, it's one on, awesome not on game. my, in my collection that just absolutely should be. So. So somebody out there better better listen good. Um, $40 and under. This is kind of a cool one that I discovered from doing research. Um... Pillars of the Earth is the name of this one. It's brand new. Michael Renick Stefan Stadler are the designers. Cosmos and Mayfair. I don't even know that it's out by Mayfair yet. Um, it's two to four players. It's about two, um, two hours. It's based on a Ken Follett, the novelist, book about the building of this cathedral in a city called Kingsbridge in England. Each player controls a team of 12 builders and three master builders that you place on the board to recruit competent craftsmen, To get the best part of the cathedral building to increase your fame and glory. The real strategy is in building, in placing your workers and then master builders on different spaces on the board. The bishop seats, the wool mill, the priory, the forest, the quarry, so on and so forth. It sounds like a really interesting mix of calus. And Kriegen Frieden, which we uh. just talked about. The Goober element, it has a big cathedral uh. that they totally ripped off from <laughs> Kriegen Frieden since I've been wedged out of my deals on Kriegen Frieden. Right. This seems like it might be a good kind of in-between, but yet yeah, a different enough style cool. game. Bruno Fiduti gives it really high marks, which, hey, he, uh. he's enough of a, <laughs> a great designer okay. that I'll take his word for it that I want that on my Sweet. list. Last of all, if I'm going gangbusters sky's the (laughs) limit i figured i'd shoot for the moon um Two flames of war painted armies. <laughs> now, I'm not gonna. I love painting, but I don't have time to paint them myself. So this is a, a World War II tabletop miniature game where you're going to use 15 millimeter miniatures. You can do all sorts of battles from the European theater. Um, I have a, a group of friends that I play games with called the Rat Bastards who have gotten into this game and it looks really cool. But I don't have either the money or the time to sit down and and really get into it. And it would be you know if if money were no object and somebody just wanted to drop a couple of those on me that would be awesome <laughs> because i definitely have people that are always harassing me saying why don't you play these games and and i just don't have the equipment to play that particular one and that one looks looks pretty cool so that's my shoot for the moon uh cool. choice for this year so how about you dave what's what's well, coming say, down on your list i say this year for the
1: spiel to dave i would like 100 pounds of dice no <laughs> just joking uh, for my $10 and under is a game called USA 1910. It's actually an expansion for Ticket to Ride. Um came out just a few months ago, um, designed by Alan Moon, published by Days of Wonder. Like I said, it's an expansion for Ticket to Ride. Basically what this expansion does is it gives you full-size cards, instead of the little teeny cards that came with the original game, and it adds in a whole bunch of new tickets. So for a game that's awesome, this is even going to take it that next level, giving you a bunch of new, unique tickets. And I believe there's three ways to play this. You can use old tickets, new tickets, or combine them all for this crazy, insane, you know, tons of tickets type of game. That's cool. So I, I, this is one I'd really like. It also comes in this really neat little collector's tin. <laughs> Woohoo. So on to $25 and under is a game called Mona Lisa Mysteries. Came out this year, was, it's uncredited unfortunately, but it was published by Winning Moves. It's for three to five players, takes about 30 minutes. I don't know a lot about this game, but I have a couple friends who rave about this game. Hmm. And it has something to do with, um, back in 1911 when the real Mona Lisa was stolen, um, the whole game is trying to figure out which Mona Lisa is the original the versus all these fakes. That's cool. And it looks just really cool. It has some really cool components, from what they tell me, some really u- unique mechanics. I did some look for this. I, you know, look for this online a little bit to find some info. There's not a lot of information about this game out there, other than that's what it is.
0: I had never even heard of it until I saw it on your list of games, and I was like, "What the heck is that?" And I did the same thing, went looking, and there's really not a lot out there right. about it.
1: So, so it sounds cool. I have some friends that say it's great, so I want it. to <laughs> yeah. So moving up to the $40 and under, a game that we've talked about before here. The game Shogun. It was uh, published by Queen Games. Um, so I think it's almost finally getting ready to come out. <laughs> it was um, designed by Dirk Hen. It's for three to five players, about two and a half hours long. This is the rethemed Wallenstein that we've been talking about. Obviously, I want it because I'm a goober whore, and I have to have this little cube tower that they have. Looks Plus, really neat. I'm really interested to find out about this game that everybody says is a, is a Euro game meets an American war style type of thing. Yeah. I really want to see what that's about. I can't wait to try that out. And <laughs> getting to the top of the mountain, the sky's the limit. Broadsides and boarding parties. 1982 published by Milton Bradley, designed by Lawrence Harris. Why do I have to have this? It has two huge, gargantuan, full plastic pirate ships. This game just looks awesome. It was the it first is. game in the Milton Bradley Game Master Series. I have the other
0: ones. I want this game. I thought it was in Gen Con that I couldn't believe you, you were like, what is that? I'm like, right. you don't know about broadsides and boarding yeah. parties? Come on! <laughs> but So this this is
1: if somebody has... Buku amounts of bucks and wants to get on eBay and get me a primo
0: copy of this. (laughs) Bring it on, baby. (laughs) Well, I think we we did well with our picks for ourselves, and I hope we set you up for some some good picks for people who who love games or should love games. And you can help them love games, too, by by selecting one of these 52 games and and depositing on any one of these (laughs) people. I think they will... They will love you for it in the long run because it will only make them have, have more fun in their lives, and who couldn't use that? Right. So I think that will put a lid on this episode of The Spiel. Um, thanks again for listening. So remember, whether it's the roll of a die, the turn of a card, or the flip of a tile, you don't have to play to win. You, you just, just have, have to, to play. play.